All right, Grace Point, welcome to Thursday night. Welcome everybody into this teaching. We've been teaching through uh, Corinthians. We're on chapter 14. Father, I just continue to pray that you open our hearts and minds to your word. Grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Show us our inheritance, what Jesus has inherited in us. Show us who we are, the authority we have, the power we have. Teach us your word, Father. Open our hearts and minds. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So last week, we were teaching about building up the church, and that's what Paul's concerned about. And we're just going to continue on that. He's talking about uh, the gifts of the Spirit. He's talking about prophecy and tongues. And let me pick up. I'm going to back up just a little. Um, We had a person here that asked a good question. He says, well, how do you know if there's an interpreter? So say you give out a tongue. And let me, let me read this first. Let me back. Let me read this first. Then, then I'll explain that. He says, um, verse 12, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. So also you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church. Therefore, the person who speaks in a tongue should pray that he can interpret. Isn't it interesting? He says that he can. For if I pray in a tongue... My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Very interesting. So he's saying, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm praying, so I will pray that I can interpret, okay? Or, in this case, someone else. So the question was asked, well, how do you know if there's somebody in the congregation that's going to interpret? Well, one thing you can do is you can pray. (laughs) Say, Lord... I, I got a tongue, I feel, and most of the time when the gifts operate in me, they're not just mental, a prophecy or a tongue, there's an anointing that comes on me. I get an energy or an anointing, almost sometimes it feels like I can't hold it back. A little different than a word of knowledge, I don't get that when I get a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, I, I, I just get a word, but when I'm getting a prophecy or a tongue, I'll sense an anointing. In fact, we had a, a lady, Joyce, in our church. She had a tongue about a month ago. and She's the last person in the world that on her own would step out and say something in church. She'd be very reticent or hesitant to do that. But she just had an energy and the power of the Holy Spirit came on her and she couldn't help it. She just spoke out. And then there was someone that gave the interpretation of that. But it's almost like she, she couldn't help it. But let's say she gave that out and she spoke in a tongue, and no one interpreted, well, we'd just have to be quiet and say, Joyce, I know that God was giving you something, but we don't have an interpretation. You know, you just get quiet. You don't, you don't persist in it without an interpretation, okay? But we did have an interpretation. But you can also pray that you interpret. Now, there's a misnomer, and I think I fell into this for a little while, too, just because of what other people were saying. But you can interpret your own Uh, tongue. In fact, Paul says here, pray that you may interpret. Now, it depends how you you read that, but pray that there's an interpreter, but you can pray that you interpret. Do you know in my own private prayer life, when I pray in the Spirit, I'll pray that I can interpret even in my own private prayer life so I can get some intelligence out of what I'm praying. I know that God is building my spirit up. I can sense it. I know I'm praying mysteries. There's a beautiful blessing to that. I might be praying revelation and knowledge. Who knows? Some future thing. Who knows what I'm praying? I know my spirit is praying and it's good, 
But I will pray, God, help me interpret. So I'll pray in the Spirit for a while, then I'll pray in English for a while. I'll pray in tongues, I'll pray in English, and ask God that I, that I can interpret. But in the church, you pray that there's an interpreter. And if there's not an interpreter, you get quiet. If you're not sure and you feel hesitant, I would just hold off. Maybe ask God that you prophesy unless you just have this anointing and energy on you and you feel like you just have to. Then let it rip and uh, see what God does. See if God brings someone to interpret. I hope that makes sense to you. It's very clear to me. He says here that um, pray that he can interpret. So that's what I would do. Let's, let's go on. He said, if I pray in the tongue, my spirit prays, verse 14, but my understanding is unfruitful. I love this. He says, what then? I will pray with the spirit and so should you. Don't be so doubtful. Stop doubting. Quit doubting anything supernatural. You're a spiritual being. You have a spirit. You are a spirit. You live in a body and you have a mind. The chief thing about you, the chief characteristic about you is your spiritual nature. You were created in the image of God. God is a spirit. You're a spiritual person. You're a spiritual being. Amen. Like I said, you live in a body and you have a mind. So it's not surprising that you can pray with your spirit. And Paul says, I will pray with my spirit and I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing praise with my spirit and I also will sing praise with my understanding. Otherwise, if you pray with the spirit, how will the outsider say amen at your giving of thanks since he does not know what you are saying? For you are well enough giving thanks, but the other person, here's the theme again, catch it, the other person is not being built up. Paul's interested in building up the body. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Does this sound like Paul was discouraging speaking in tongues? I'm amazed how certain denominations and theologians have such a bias against this. Paul didn't. Paul said, I want you all to speak in tongues. That's what he said. We already read that. And Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all do. Isn't that powerful? And then the next three words are so powerful and it sets the hermeneutical framework for this teaching. Yet in the church. So, so do you see this? Obviously, Paul was praying in tongues outside the church. He's praising God, and as he said before, in tongues and in his understanding. He's singing in the Spirit and in his understanding. He's praying in the Spirit and with his understanding. He just said that. And he thanks God for it, yet in the church. I would rather speak five words of understanding in order to teach others also than 10,000 words in tongues. Can you see that? Now, to me, it's just so clear. And I do think that that yet in the church is so key. But it really, as stated before, and I'm going over it again and again, I'm layering it again and again, and it's the whole theme of the whole book, the whole book of Corinthians. It's correction, 
direction and guidance for the church. He says, brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your thinking, but be infants in regard to what is evil and adults in your thinking. It is written in the law, I will speak to this people by people of other tongues and by lips of foreigners, even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Speaking in tongues then is intended as a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers, while prophecy is not for unbelievers, but for believers. So he's saying here that if someone speaks in the tongue and someone interprets it, it's a sign to the unbelievers. They're like, what in the world is that? Now, from my experience, most of the time, if an unbeliever comes into your church and they hear someone speaking in tongues, it rattles them, actually, especially in our culture because they're not used to it, to be honest. If we're honest about it, most unbelievers, they don't understand it. But Paul says it's intended to be a sign that someone would speak out in a tongue and someone would interpret it and it would make, you know, it would make sense. It should be speaking to the non-believer, but obviously he says prophecies for the believer because it builds them up. It builds up the church. If therefore the whole church assembles together and all are speaking in tongues and people who are outsiders and unbelievers come in, won't they say, you are out of your mind? I'll come back to that. But if everyone's prophesying and an unbeliever comes in, he is convicted by all. He is called into account by all. I love this. Don't tell me that prophecy can't reveal the heart. The secrets of his heart will be revealed. As a result, he will fall down and worship God, proclaiming God is really among you. Now, see, it almost seemed to me, and I, I was trying to understand this scripture, said, Lord, you said tongues are for a sign. And now you said if a guy comes in, everyone's praying in tongues, he'll think you're crazy. No, isn't that really how it is? Come on out there. Come on. You go to church, you know. You bring your, you bring your friend to church. You've been trying to get this friend to church for three years, and finally your friend comes to church. There hasn't been a tongue given out loud in six months. And the day that you bring your friend, Sister Jenny in the back gets up and she barks out a tongue and you know what your first thought is. You, oh my God, what's my friend going to think about this? That's what most people, that's how I've reacted. Oh no, not today, Lord. Uh, because they don't understand it. It's nonsense to them, right? And that's what Paul is saying. If someone speaks out in a tongue and uh, there's no interpreter, he's saying if everybody's praying out in tongues all at once and there's no interpreter, it's like chaos, people are going to think that you're crazy. However, if you have a tongue and an interpretation, it's just like a prophecy. That tongue interpretation can do the same thing as a prophecy. And what does the prophecy do? Let's read it again. The unbeliever or the outsider comes in. He is convicted by all. He is called into account by all. The secrets of his heart will be revealed. And as a result, he will fall down on his face and worship God. And he will say, God is really among you. We've had that happen at our church. Not so much in a public prophesying, but an in individual prophecy. We've had situ There was one lady that came in here 
you know, five years ago or something, and she had a, uh, a brother that had committed suicide, and she came up to the altar, and the word was spoken to her, and she'd been troubled about it for years, and her whole family had really, she had never settled it. I think it, he had died like several, a couple years before that, and the word was given to her. You had a, an incident with a young man in your life, and it troubles you, and you haven't been able to get over it. And she started crying, and the secrets of her heart were revealed, and there were some other things that were spoken to bring comfort to her that God knew about it, and that she's not, it wasn't her fault, and that she's forget, all this stuff was spoken to her, and it brought comfort to her, and she was weeping, and the Spirit of God came all over her, and she says, wow, God is really here in this house. That, actually, that happened here, and there have been other things just like that happened in this house when prophecy, well, it can work the same, same way if you have a tongue and an interpretation if you do it properly. I'm going to finish up right here for today, but do you see it? Do you see the essence of this teaching here? Can you get it? Are we not going to be childish in these things? Are we going to act like men? Everything we do in the church should be to build the church up. If it brings chaos or confusion, we should stop it. If it's edifying and building the church up, then it's a great thing. We'll stop right there, and we'll come back next week and pick up right there.